the word that he sends heals us. The word that he sends heals us. In Psalm 107, starting in verse 17, fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Now, we've all been there. There's no way you cannot be afflicted uh, being born in this world. He says, their soul abhorred all manner of meat. They draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saves them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So the word that he sends heals us. He sends a word to everybody who cries out to him. People who have all the answers already will not get a word from God. Now we've all tasted religion. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and the religion is nasty. Huh? But some people like religion. I can remember when I liked it when I didn't know any better. But once I tasted and I saw that God was good, I lost my taste for religion. Amen? And keep losing it every day. The further you run from that stuff, the better off you're going to be. Because God sends his word and heals us. Now, there are a number of ways he does it. Uh, You can probably think of more, but I found four that I thought I'd want to talk to you about today. Number one is he sends his word through preaching. Anybody with half a brain knows that if you're sick and you can't get well or you're sick and you want God to intervene and heal you, you go to a minister that is knowledgeable and has proven fruit in the healing ministry. So you go to a healing ministry. Unfortunately, you can't just go anywhere. And it's a good thing to ask God to tell you where to go. Now, you're in a healing ministry, so, you know, duh, you don't have to look. Don't get, don't mess with me, okay, today, y'all, please don't, because I'm, you know, I'm here to help. But don't be messed up in your head you know what i'm saying you get your needs met here most of you haven't been to a doctor you don't even think about going to the doctor because you're healed and you know you're healed amen and the rest of y'all is working on it all right so the word is sent to us through preaching some people are fortunate if they don't have a church where they can be healed They can get on television and hear somebody give them a a God send a word that way. He will send a rhema as we read the word. So you seek God for help. You cry out to the Lord and you get in your in your uh, Bible. You know, that's kind of like automatic. You don't go looking for a prophecy to tell you God's going to heal you. You get in here and get, you know, attend to the word. Give the, give the word your attention. You understand what I'm saying? I've had many people come up to me and tell me where God already prophesied he was going to heal me. I said, I'm going to give you a more sure word of prophecy. And stay in here until you are convinced you are already healed. I wouldn't have the confidence to give somebody a prophecy that they were going to get healed. I'd just pray for them right there on the spot and minister healing to them. You got me? You don't, don't, don't play around with people. Don't mess with people like that. 
You know, a prophecy is not greater than the real thing. It points to the real thing, but it's not greater than the real thing. The the third word, the fourth way is that he sends a word into our hearts when we seek him. So you can seek God for a word and he will send a word into your heart. And he also will send his word through a minister at the altar. And that's how we oftentimes think of healing ministry is that there is an altar of worship where God has the full uh, power to do whatever he wants to do through uh, a minister who I would say is an, an able conduit for the anointing in the word. Somebody through whom healing power can easily flow. That's who God uses. Many times we, just let me be honest with you about sometimes what how things happen. We all want to be used by God. My question is why? You need to ask yourself why. Because therein will lie the answer to a lot of what, um, you know, it will answer a lot of questions about why certain things don't happen and why. We've never had a chance to pray for this kind of person or that kind of person. You need to put the why test to yourself. Because I am convinced that many people never get a yes answer when you ask somebody who's sick if they want you to pray for them because something's missing in the vessel. So you have to be an able conduit. What a conduit is? No blockage. See, this will help you. A lot of y'all feel like you're getting slapped around right now, and that is true. That's just your flesh. Down, flesh, down. You don't have anything to do with this. This is spiritual talk. But time and again, you see something in the scriptures that says Jesus was moved with something. What was he moved with? And that ain't cheap either, baby. Compassion is not religion. It's not steps and formulas. I was speaking with somebody that if I told you their name, you'd know them because they've been a part of the ministry. And they were telling me that they had prayed for somebody to, to receive, to be healed. And that person said something that let them know that they were doubting and the, they rebuked the person and I told him I said well you know what's missing I said you're missing compassion I said because compassion does not rebuke the ignorant it ministers faith to the ignorant and it doesn't condemn you because you missed an opportunity to receive. See, I can tell there's too much of self left. See, the, the, the conduit's got a block in it. There's a clog in there. There's some me still left in there. See, when you got you in the pipes, compassion won't flow to connect with the anointing that's already available to all believers. It's already available. 
but you've got to connect with it in such a way that it will flow, the anointing will flow through you nonstop, and you don't get entangled in your mind trying to figure out the whys. Why did they, well, they didn't get it this time. See, if you're so anxious for people to get it this time, there's still too much of you in there. Hmm? Who told you you had to get it this time? Where'd you get that from? See, many times we want Benny Hinn results with Daffy Duck (laughs) habits and mentality. Why? Because we don't have any better sense than to think it's just a performance sometimes. But see, what we're talking about is God's word that changes people's lives forever. And the fact that we hold eternity inside of us for people. We hold wholeness for people. We hold health for people. We hold life-changing powers for people. But all we can think about is how we look, what this means for us, We want to get everybody healed automatically every time we want. Uh, When you you know God, you have to dream big. God is big, but yeah, but you small. Remain small and let God be God. See, if he wants to be big through you, let him be big through you. But if he decides today, I'm going to give him a little dose of healing. And I'll take it from here, little nosy servant that wants Benny Hinn results without paying Benny Hinn price and having Benny Hinn's heart toward people and letting God work you over in the secret place until there's nothing left of you but something this big. You understand what I'm talking about? Then we can expect big things, but only as the Spirit leads us to expect them. So my thing is this, spend time with God and find out how to get you out of things. Well, you know, I prayed for so-and-so and it made me mad when they, well, really, what you getting mad about? It's not your body, you're not sick. You don't have to keep going to the doctor. What you mad at somebody about? It's not your word. God ain't mad at them. He's not mad at them because they're ignorant. He's not mad at them because they don't understand enough. They don't go to the right church and get the right teaching like you do. Hmm? See, if we learn to get first things first, right first, <clears throat> you understand what I'm saying? Now all the rage is the word of knowledge and healing people on the street. Todd White, everybody likes that. But Todd White already told you how he got where he got. What did he say? I asked God to let me see people the way he sees people. A very simple answer. You don't have to go chasing after him. You don't have to go trying to sit in his meeting and catch his coattail and all that kind of stuff and get his mantle. 
He already told you how to get what he's got. But better yet, get what God has for you. Find out enough about your own relationship with God to find out how to get what God has for you. Sometimes God just wants us to love people until the devil quits making them sick. You got me? Anybody can do that. Cook soup, take a cup of cold water, any of the servant things. Because if we're not faithful in the least, how are we going to be faithful with real supernatural power? So you have to be a conduit for the power of God. You can't stand in the way. And you have to catch yourself when you find yourself getting in judgment, getting in anger, upset with people, wanting to get on people's case because they won't make you an overnight sensation. That's what you're looking for, looking for instant healings. What do you care if they're instant or not? Suppose Jane Doe only wanted to get the pain relieved today. If she's expecting the pain relief, she can get the pain relief. Maybe she'll get up and walk at a later time. Do you care? Do you mind? Do you mind if she makes up her own mind between her and God how she wants this thing to go? See, we have to know what, what it really means to be a servant. You have to know what that means. You get that through relationship with God. I would love to be able to go places and people just, you know, one by one by one get instantly totally healed. But if that's not what they want and my name ain't on that miracle, I don't get to do that miracle. Somebody That's for somebody else to do. And I'm perfectly satisfied with that. I do my best for God. I expect him to do the maximum that he can do for everybody at all times. But I've got to be smart enough in him to know what I have that he can use to help that process and get me out of it. As soon as possible, we need to get us out of these things so that God can flow and he can help people. So that's my little correction thing there. So, it, you know, you need to talk to God about things like this. God, help me to be a person of compassion so that that power can flow through me. So then when I go up and ask people if they want prayer, they can't help but say yes. See, compassion does that. It makes them not help but say yes. Compassion will draw them to you. And it's not something you manufacture. It's not something you make up. It is something that you have to work with God to constantly make yourself small And build yourself up in him. Let him be big on the inside of you. And you be as small as you can be. Small will take you into a lot of places that big won't. In Mark chapter 5, we see an example of the preached word healing. In Mark chapter 5, I think this is the one with the woman with the issue of blood. How dare we get upset with people when they're in unbelief? How dare we get angry with people because they don't believe like we believe? 
We don't have that right. You're there to increase their faith, encourage their faith, minister the word to them so that they can believe. In Mark chapter 5, verse 25, a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all that she had and was not better but rather grew worse. Now there's a lot here to condemn a person for. Why are you going to doctors to begin with? Why are you let them take all the money? Well, now your money gone. You're looking for Jesus now. All of a sudden. Yeah, we all still got Brother Carnality hanging around in our heads. Huh? But this is where most people find the Lord. This is where I found the Lord. This is where you found the Lord. We had done everything we knew that was in our power to help ourselves. And when the help didn't come... Then we had to look up and see God. That's just the way it works sometimes. So we don't condemn people for coming to God. You know. (laughs) I guess it depends on who's collecting the offerings. (laughs) Whether you condemn people or not. Let the world take all their money. Now they broke, busted, and disgusted. Show up on God still still. We got to feed them. Yeah, you do. That's what the church does. That's what love does. Love has compassion on people. Doesn't kick you around more. Huh? See, that's religion. Haters everywhere, folks. Want to put people down because they struggle. You put them down because they struggle. You help them if you can. You pray and you ask God, is there a way that we can help? Got me? And so that's what Jesus affords us, a way to help. When she heard of Jesus, this is a whole new day for her. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Right away her blood was dried up and you know the rest of it. So this is the preached word that sent to this woman that healed her. We're not sure what she heard of Jesus. We're not sure if she was listening to him preach and going to the doctor at the same time. Many people do. But when she heard of Jesus. What did she heal? Her. She heard that he had healed people, that he was anointed of God, that he was a prophet of God. Whatever she heard, when she inclined her ear to that, that word came in and healed her. Amen. Now, there are some things that we must follow through on with the word. She made up her mind. She said within herself, if I can just touch him, I'll be whole. Sometimes the word that comes to heal us comes with instruction because faith is always in action. It's never you're just sitting believing and all of a sudden, you know, thunder rolls through you or something like that. Now, it's happened like that for people. Don't get me wrong. 
But all I'm saying is that faith often comes with an instruction so that the anointing can be released to destroy the yoke to complete the healing process because it is a process. So when that word was preached and she heard about Jesus, something went off on the inside of her and she had a conversation with herself that took her from being broke Busted, disgusted, not better, but worse, to now all of a sudden, it's a new day for her. She's got hope again. And it came out of that word that she heard that was preached. That's why it's good to stay under the word of God, because you can always hear the right thing that's going to hit the right thing on the inside of you that's going to help what you need. It'll always happen that way. That's why the Bible tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Because how will you hear the word without a preacher, the Bible says. How can you get a preacher unless they're sent? And so you have to understand that when that that word that's preached comes to you, it's the word that will heal you. And if that word demands a follow-through, you must follow through on the conversation on the inside. You've got to follow through and do what that conversation tells you to do in order to get your healing. Many people never follow through. They just don't. You'll say things like, well, I believe if you'll do so-and-so and such-and-such and such-and-such, God will heal you. Oh, yeah, I know that. Huh? Or somebody recently that was trying to encourage someone to come in to, to our meeting in Detroit. And this person had told them, I think I need somebody to lay hands on me. And he said, well, I know somebody who has a healing ministry. Why don't you come over here? So every time now that they call and ask them if they can bring them over, well, we got an engagement this afternoon. We're busy. This, You see what I'm saying? You see how common it is to overlook the word of healing when it comes to you. You put it on the shelf like so much other scripture you hear. You take it for granted that, that you know, well, this will happen or I'm feeling a little better now, so I don't think I need to go and get the whole thing. All that kind of stuff comes to people. And so you'll see the people with Jesus who got their healing were kind of extraordinary people. They weren't your run-of-the-mill person that's following and listening and all of that kind of stuff and letting it go in one ear and out the other. And, well, I don't feel too bad today. It's not as bad as all that. huh? How we make excuses to stay in bondage sometimes when that word has already come to us. That has begun the healing process. It's just that we need to follow up on it to complete it. To obey is better than sacrifice. Huh? Because the paid in doctors is quite a sacrifice. Why not obey God and go get your healing? Huh? The sacrifice isn't even necessary because he did that for you. And so she's heard about Jesus. She decides to follow up on it. And she puts together a scenario in her mind, and at the end of that picture, she's healed. Many times God's word will come to us that way, that at the end of whatever plays in your mind, once that word starts to come in there and process, see, the word comes in as a seed. And as we receive it and meditate on it, it forms 
a bigger picture to us and it paints to us the picture that God wants us to have in our lives. And that is at the end result, we are healed. Now, this lady had to go through some trouble to get to where she could touch Jesus. But she kept pressing and pressing and going through the press, pressing against the resistance of the devil that wanted to keep her sick. And that's what people don't like. When the devil comes and gives them an excuse, they side with the excuse and forget about pressing in to get their healing. It's too much work. And then after a period of time, they think that word gets so familiar to them, they think it's just another something that God told them that, you know, maybe it'll work and maybe it won't. That's why it's good to when you first hear the word of healing, you first hear instruction, you first hear what God has to say, you follow through on it immediately. Don't ever sit on a word from God. Don't ever just treat it like something else or you're looking for something better or you wanted him to tell you about something else going on in your life. He ain't Madam Cleo. He's God. And when you've got symptoms in your body, you need to have a rhema from God. You need to have a word from God that will heal you and deliver you from your destructions. And so many times the word of healing is a word of deliverance because it will put you on a different course in life. Many people who were healed got up and followed Jesus. It's a smart thing to do. Get yourself on a different course in life and you won't have to keep coming back to the altar. You know, some people will come and get healed. Go away. You see them two years later, come back. They're sick again. Come back and get healed. Go away. Why don't you just follow the Lord huh? and stay healed? See, those people were smart enough to know that if this man has words of life, we need to follow up on this life. Why would we go back into the world, go back into sickness, go back into sin, go back into death? We need to follow him and live in the land of the living. So many times the requirement for keeping your healing may be that you live a different way now. That you not entertain so much doubt. That you, you know, you, you, uh, 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 get an upgrade in the company you keep. You got me? Get an upgrade in the types of words that you surround yourself with. Types of people you surround yourself with. And, and God will do that. Who I, with little Shannon was just telling me that <laughs> this lady in her new job hired her. I just show you how you need to stay sharp in things. And she said, I don't know what it is. She said, I, she said she hired me. She said, there's something about me, about her. I just don't like her. And she said, I mean, that's honest, folks. Is, do, do you like everybody? You, I was going to say you would wonder if you do. <laughs> You know, sometimes we don't know why. They just rub us the wrong way. And sometimes God don't like them for you. You got me? Sometimes that's what's going on as well. And she said, you know, she said it just, sometimes she keeps a spirit around her that's not very upbeat or friendly or something like that. And and so she, little Shannon said, well, I prayed. And I said, well, Lord, I don't know what it is, but this is, like in a week, the lady was moved. To a different floor. See, when you need an upgrade in the kind of people that you keep around you, God will give you an upgrade. See? She's new and this lady hired her and the lady moves. You got me? 
Because if that person is not going to be the type of person that's going to keep you peaceful, you got me? Something isn't right. And so it needs to be corrected. But many times we keep our own bad company. We just need to keep people around us who are more encouraging in the word, who are more uh, more uh, able to keep us on a high high road instead of on the low road. And so when that happens, we need to understand there needs to be an upgrade sometimes in your company. You know, just upgrade the company you keep. Well, you know, some people, you know, when they when they think they know it all, well, see, here's where the problem is. Huh? Judgmentalism. How'd you get them? Maybe you think they know it all. In which case, you need to be around them bad. Because anybody who knows more than you can help your situation. People who know less will keep you at a low level of expectation. It's just the way it is. And so this woman received the word. She was cured and made whole from a bleeding disorder because she followed up on the word that she heard that God sent to heal her and deliver her from her destructions. In 2 Kings chapter 5, we have another example of the preached word. Five verse one. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. We had a lot of things going for him, but this one thing is kind of holding him back. In Israel, lepers were told to stay separate. From the people. Naaman, because of his position, no doubt, was able to keep people around him, but probably not allowed to touch them or anything like that, lest they would become contaminated too. The Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. Now, here you have a picture of a servant who knows she's a servant. And accept she's a servant. Many times with believers, we are supposed to be servants, but we don't identify that way. Huh? Now this girl was brought here as a little slave. She's a captive. She's a servant. She identifies as a servant. And she follows through and she lives a life to serve. We should have that identity. See, if we had that, compassion would move freely. We could get the job done. We could see people as God sees them. And we would be free of any kind of encumbrances or blockages to the flow of God's power through us. We've all received the word. We've all received the anointing of God. It's on our words. If you can believe somebody If you can believe that God wants people well, you can preach that. 
But see, if you're still in the way, you'll never minister it to somebody. You got me? That's the next step is we got to learn how to get us out of the way so that word can be a rhema. It can be empowered. It can be real. It can draw people to you. It can be anointed fully the way God wants it to be anointed. Now, don't get me wrong. There's blockages in the anointing in people who do have compassion. You got me? There's always limitations to what we do based on how we think, how we feel, what we feel about what we're doing, all those kinds of things. Somebody has a good day, a bad day, whatever. Somebody's tired. Or Roberts was a very compassionate man. He did exactly what God told him to do all the time. But he laid hands on so many people, he get tired sometimes. And when he get tired, he get agitated, angry, would snap, things like that. And he gave a talk about, he admitted one time in testimony that he had, a woman had found where he was leaving. You know, they leave through the back of the, the building or something like that. Well, she waited around because she heard he was going to be at the back door. And so she ran up to him and said, would you pray for me, please, please, please? And he said, okay, I'll pray for you. Very angry. And God healed her. And God said, I healed her, but you're not going to get credit for it. Got me? So there are times when God's anointing because the person has a need will override our resistance but God doesn't want people, he doesn't want to have himself misrepresented in front of people either. You got me? He wants us always to sanctify him and represent him as holy, loving, and compassionate whenever we minister that way. Healing comes so easily when we let compassion flow through us. Just a matter of letting it flow. It's not a matter of conjuring it up. It's not a matter of trying to make it a big deal. It's really a matter of recognizing what compassion is when it comes upon you and letting it flow through you. Compassion and self-pity are worlds apart. It's not the same thing as feeling sorry for somebody. That's the world's counterfeit of God's compassion. So when we feel sorry for people, we have no feeling sorry for somebody is like a consolation prize when you've admitted defeat and you know you can't help them. And so many times in the world that masquerades as help, but it's not really helpful to people. In compassion, God can give you a word that will help people. He will give you a prayer that will help people. He will give you an answer that will help people if you will let yourself be small. Just, God, I'm just here to help. Can you tell me what to tell this person that's going to help them? Huh? You don't have to quote every scripture you know. Got me? You don't have to tell them and sound knowledgeable and all this kind of stuff. Because that's generally, you know, what happens in the end of that conversation is that they show you their unbelief and you get angry at them. And so, you know, that kind of exposes itself after a while. But don't quit. You know, you keep going. You let God know you're there, you're available. God, I messed that up pretty bad, didn't I? 
show me what to do. I want to get it right because I really do want to help people. I believe in the Great Commission. I believe you sent me here to do the works of God. I believe I can help people if I'll stay humble and stay with you and, and do what you tell me to do. So compassion is the great motivator. It draws people who are in need to the vessel and it draws God out of the vessel to help people. So don't ever overlook that as the key oftentimes to getting God's work done. You've got to let his power move through you and the way he feels about people must move through you the way he sees people must move through you you can't just look at people and you know they mess up all the time and they continue to mess up and and be mad you know you got to let that go because that's not yours to do see and so your part is to maintain your availability in God. Most people are a touch away from from ministering healing to people. See, your pride is what keeps the touch from coming through. Just a touch away. Because we don't know what's at the end of that touch. Is he going to show up? Isn't he going to show up? This isn't for me to do. Well, you know, the, the pastors do that. You, you see what I'm saying? All that stuff is short circuits. And so compassion can be flowing and we stop the flow because the pride won't let us do the touch and, and see the result. So we have to fix, fix ourselves in this way. Get ourselves out of this. God, I'm just a servant you know, I don't know from nothing. I remember the first time a, a, a word of knowledge, I operated in the gift of the word of knowledge. I was in a Bible study. And we were supposed to be going around the room giving our prayer requests. And I opened my mouth because I had a lot of them. You know, when you're new in the things of God, you find all these people that pray and you feel no more about God than you do. And, oh, boy, here it is, glory land. I get all my needs met in like one afternoon if I just blab long enough. And, and I had my list in my head of things I was going to say. And nothing like that came out of my mouth. See what I'm saying? And so many times the humility that you have where you would reveal your problems, your sins, and your secrets to people... That's a humility God needs to have you operate in something greater. Because I never thought of hiding problems when I'm around. It never, it, and it doesn't occur to me now. I don't hide anything. Well, I can't. Y'all just nosy. You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but you understand. I mean, there's something. You don't blab everything. Some stuff is just private and nobody cares. You know, that kind of stuff. But I, I was never shy about telling people what my needs were before God. It just just never occurred to me that this wasn't a safe place where you could do that. And from that root of humility grew ministry. The gifts of the Spirit flowed. Whenever I was around believer, they flow like water. You got me? And so that was the beginning of ministry because I was small. See, I let myself be small. Small enough to esteem other people more highly than myself. 
I didn't know I was called to the ministry. I just thought I was there getting help for myself. And talk about haters coming out of the woodwork. Huh? From that day forward, I was watched. See what I'm saying? Religious doesn't like it. When the real shows up, the false has no place to hide. See? And God wanted real power in there. Not that there wasn't. There was power through the prayer of agreement. There was power through praying the word. But God wanted himself to be able to speak to people and do the supernatural that everybody needed to have come into their lives for their problems to be solved. So he'll use whoever he wants to use for that. But he'll use somebody who thinks themselves as small. <laughs> you got me? You've got to be small and you've got to remain small. Well, Robert's mother, they say she was all a four foot ten. And she would jack him up and she said, well, Robert, you come here. Grab him by his ear. Don't you ever think you're something because you're nothing. You started out small, you stay small if you want to stay with God, you know. And so those things are real, very real. The reason I'm laboring with this is because we live in a time where everybody wants to be famous. And that fame is killing us. It's killing good ministers. It's killing good ministry. There's something about the way people are in the public eye now. That they're not discerning how dangerous it is for them. They're not discerning the right level of prayer that they need to have to get out there and, and start pure and stay pure with their message. They're not discerning it. And so little bit by little bit, they start to compromise their message. The enemy starts to infiltrate their ministry, so forth and so on. And it's hard for them to stay in a place where God can use them. But God is raising up people who are wise, who understand these things and can help. Intercessors who can pray, intercessors who can discern, and intercessors who know what words to release to people. So here we have Naaman's maid, and she looks at herself as a servant 100%. She waited on Naaman's wife. It doesn't say anything about her having a bad attitude about it. Nothing about her saying, I'm an Israelite, and I shouldn't be working for nobody. I need to be having somebody do my nails for a change. And she said to her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. So this is the word that God is sending to Naaman to heal him. Now this one requires some cooperation on the part of the person who's going to receive their healing. It's going to require Naaman to cooperate with the prophet. He says, one went in and told his Lord. So the word of God spreads like wildfire sometimes when it's going to help somebody. Obviously, these people loved Naaman. They wanted to see him well. And here was a glimmer of hope sent in this word that God sends through a little maid that says, boy, if that guy was in, if he was, oh man, if he was around the prophet, boy, he'd be well. So all you have to do is tell the truth. You don't have to embellish it. You don't have to pump it up. All you got to do is tell the truth. God's word heals. 
If you'll come to healing school and and, uh, stay for the meeting, I believe God will heal you. You got me? That's all you got to do is tell the truth. People have done that before. I think it was, who was it, Miss Pat, your uncle or somebody? He was here from out of town. And uh, he was going deaf in one ear. And you guys convinced him. Who was it? One of your answers, somebody said, you don't know, today might be the day for your miracle. It's all it took. That was the word God sent to heal him. All he had to do was follow through and get to the meeting. And, you know, he's he was there and he's getting prayer. And I knew God was healing him before. I said, oh, you're going to get healed before I pray for you. You know, that kind of But you know what I'm saying. You can be a little light sometimes. But that encouraged him. And, and he couldn't believe that his healing was coming back that quickly. Just like that. And so many times, if we will just let the word of God work in people and let them work it out and get to the place where God says their deliverance is going to take place, it'll happen. So Naaman needed a little bit of work. He's got some issues. He's got fabulous issues, you know, because he's a fabulous guy. And he believes that his healing needs to come on a fabulous level. So what does he do in his fabulosity? He sends a a letter to the king and tells the king, come pray for me. I've heard somebody with power there can get me healed. The king gets scared because the king's big himself. But he's not big in healing. So he's scared it's a setup. Exposed himself. How fearful could you be of a letter from a man wanting help? He's probably sitting in the corner just waiting for somebody to come and cause trouble for him. Uh, Some king, huh? You know, the word of God will expose a lot of things. Everything in his path that's not right, it'll just show it up to be what it is. So here we expose the king's fear. He sends back a letter. I don't have no healing. I don't know nothing. Who was a little bitty and gone with that? I don't know. No. Oh, Miss Scarlett, when the baby comes, we just going to do this and do that. And then when the, when the girl got in labor, I don't know nothing about birth of no babies. <laughs> it's kind of what the king's going through. He's strutting around in the palace, you know, signing decrees and everything. Somebody asks him for something real, and he freaks out. Eventually, the word is given to the prophet, the person that was supposed to get it. You see how sometimes people can misinterpret God's instruction. They can go to the wrong place to get the right thing. Many times somebody, God will tell you to to go to Benny Hinn's meeting or something like that. Or go to somebody God sends you to, to be healed. And people will think they should go to their pastor. You got me? When they haven't been healed in the 20 years they're there and they've never prayed for anybody sick before. I'm not saying it won't happen, but if God told you to go someplace else, if you really want to be healed, you got to go someplace else. Let me tell you why. God doesn't care about your pastor's hurt feelings if you go to somebody else's meeting. If he sends you there. Uh-huh. He doesn't care about stuff like that. 
If you ask God to heal you, he will do what he knows to do to heal you. And trust me, if he sends you somewhere, he's sending you to the person most qualified to do that work for you. God is a specializing God. He's a specialist God. He won't send you to, to somebody who just give you a prophecy and tell you, ooh, I see that on you, and God going to take care of that. No, that ain't what you need. You need somebody to get that because we see it too. That ain't news to you. You saw it on the x-ray. Everybody done seen what's on you. I'm telling you, there are people that wind up sicker than sick before and dead because they don't follow through. God tells them where to go and they hear, go where it's familiar to me to go. Who would think God would bring somebody to Detroit to a meeting to heal them? But the earth is God's footstool. He don't, to him, Detroit and Cleveland is the same spot. And he don't care how long it takes you to get there or what you got to spend to get there. Sometimes things are convenient, aren't for you. You know, everything that's easy for you to get is not good for you. And I didn't mean nothing by that either. I'm talking about people getting healed. So Naaman's maid blabs. Ooh, what the God that, ooh, I'm telling you, ooh, girl, we got a prophet that, ooh, he don't just prophesy, honey, he get you healed. Huh? That's the kind of blabbermouth you need. Talking the right thing at the right time. So this word starts to spread. Sometimes in the word being told over and over again, it gets distorted. So you can see how he would think the king would be the one to help him because everybody's buzzing about, well, you know, she said prophet, but I think if you go to the king, that's higher than the prophet is. So, you know, you probably get better. You understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> so he told his Lord, etc., etc. And it came to pass, verse 7, when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes on all this kind of stuff. Elisha, verse 10, sent a messenger to him saying, go wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall come again to you and you shall be clean. Naaman was angry because he's got a status problem. See, he's too fabulous to follow the instructions of the servant of the prophet. You know, he was at the king's door. Not that him busted him down from the king's door. He's at the, and not only the prophet, but the servant of the prophet. Well, yeah, he's real ticked off. Huh? You know, most ministers feel they gotta have somebody. If it's a real bad problem, now I don't blame him. You don't want everybody coming up to you laying hands on you. And I believe that another minister respects the office enough not to play around with you. But sometimes ordinary people just don't know any better. So you do have to be discerning. But Naaman's problem is that he's too big and he wants to call the shots on this because he calls the shots on everything else. See, sometimes you need to lay all of that down in order to humble yourself enough to obey God and get what you need from him. 
Pride is a big robber of blessings, healing, everything else, because we think we've got to have it a certain way in order to receive it. And God wants to take that away from us so that he can give us something real. See, that's nothing but pretense. Because if Naaman keeps it up, the end of his nose is going to drop off. The end of his ear is going to drop off. His fingers going to start dropping off. So he need to quit playing around with this and get down to business. Do you want to be healed or don't you? Who was it? Vicki Winan said she was sick for a kind of a long period of time back quite a while ago. And she said... I did everything the saints told me to do. Somebody told me to run around the church. She said, she had some old paper house shoes. They brought her to church. She got up and ran around the church seven times. I didn't come back healed, but that was one thing off the list I didn't have to do no more that the saints told me to do. (laughs) But she humbled herself. You got me? She's in the house of God. Somebody called. She humbled herself. I guess God saw her heart and healed her. You understand what I'm saying? And so, (laughs) but Naaman needs to come down some. He needs to get rid of the pride because that's really what's. Leprosy is a form of rebellion. It comes from a spirit of rebellion. Not wanting to humble yourself, submit yourself the right way. And so that disease comes on people for that reason. Naaman's angry. He says there's better rivers to dip yourself in. One of his servants, though, entreats him. And this is why intercession is so important. This little servant talking to him and convincing him is a form of intercession. That's why when when we pray for the sick, we continue to pray for them. Because eventually they'll hear the word that he's sending to heal them. And they'll get up and obey it and, and do what they're supposed to do and receive their healing. Never give up on somebody. That you're praying for. Until they're healed or dead. You got me? But you keep praying for them. Because somehow that word's got to get through to them. If they're going to receive their healing from God. Amen. You got to continue and do that thing. So this this little servant comes up. And he says. Return to. uh, Verse 13. A servant came near and spoke to him and said. My father. If a prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much rather than when he said to you, wash and be clean? So in other words, a servant convinces him that this is not a threat to his pride. This is not a threat to you in any way. You've done bigger things than this. You're a big man and we know that. But this is so simple. Why not do it? See, it's so simple. Why not do it? And this is the thing we need to understand about any word of instruction from God. It's so simple. Anybody can do it. You can do it. He doesn't give you extraordinary things to do. He doesn't give you challenging or difficult things to do. They're very simple things to do. Like Proverbs 4.20. Listen to the word. Incline your ear to his sayings. Keep them on the inside of you. Don't just let them go in one ear and out the other. But trap them in there. Hide them in your heart and embrace them. And then they will begin to heal you. See, This is not a contest to see who's memorizing the most scripture the fast. 
But this is developing relationship with God through his word. It's it's submersing yourself in the word and letting that word become a part of you and not letting it get away from you so easily. So Proverbs 4, 20 and 22 provides our instruction for how to seek God to be healed. That we are to hide that word in our hearts. Let it not depart. Don't let it go out of your mind by somebody convincing you it's not for you. You've got to hold on to it. That's where the real challenge is. Is allowing that word to remain and allowing that word to prosper in you and not give up on it. Because you maybe didn't see it as quickly as you thought you would or your symptoms get worse. That happens too. And you have to continue in the word. It's it's up to you to make up your mind to continue with that word. And if you'll do that, then you'll get the benefit of health and healing from the word of God. So that rhema word of God that comes to you is the one that you hold on to. You know, there are some people who will say, well, uh, so-and-so and so-and-so, that's my scripture. That's my verse. And it's because that is a rhema that's come to them, and God's using it in their lives to meet their needs. See, it's helping them. It's becoming a part of them. And so when you, when you have that, that's what Proverbs 4.20 is telling you, to not let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart, because then it will be life and health to you, to all of your flesh. Sometimes it, I remember, um, uh, uh, I think it was Tony. No good thing with God. <laughs> he drove us all nuts with that. And so that was his, his, he needs to get another one, you know, add to that, string them along. But see, you can tell when a scripture is what we call working in somebody or working for somebody. And that's Proverbs 4.20, that you don't, you keep grabbing on to it. You might feel like you want to move on to another, but grab that one back. That one's mine. i got to stay with this until it does everything for me that I need it to do. And that's the way the Word of God is. It's selective to your situation, what you need at that time, and, and it will heal you and bring health and wholeness to you. Now, that word heal also means to make whole or to deliver, to give you great peace, undisturbed composure and undisturbed peace. And sometimes that's what we need. We need a scripture to grab onto to give you undisturbed peace. I remember when I I was in court about nonsense. But, you know, just because it's nonsense, that doesn't make it go away. There's a lot of people get strapped in the electric chair on some nonsense. Because if you can't deal with that system and get that nonsense proven wrong, it's going to stay nonsense in your life. And so I remember talking to God about it. I said, God, why am I even down here? What is this about? I said, I don't have time for this. I, you know, they treat me like a common criminal down here. I may be a criminal, but I ain't common. (laughs) Whatever. You know, old joke, whatever. You know, trying to keep myself encouraged. Yeah, best way I could. Still ticked off about the $12 a day parking. I wasn't walking. You know, people down, oh, yeah, the uh, parking, we use the one off. I ain't using that one. Right across the street. I would double park on the street except 
<laughs> so I'm scared of a ticket, scared of the police. But I remember the Lord speaking something to me, and he said, <clears throat> No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, because your righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So anyway, it didn't matter if I was right or I was wrong. I was living out of his righteousness. So ministering that to me allowed me to wait it out until deliverance came. You got me? And so there were certain things that God wanted to have done. See, sometimes God has to get his work done in a backwards way. We always think of doing God's work and, you know, in a nice suit or, you know, the comfort of your own whatever and the clothing of your choosing and, you know, comfortable shoes that, you know, very well polished, et cetera, et cetera, nails groomed, et cetera, and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes God has to get people in trouble with his kids in order to reach them. He says that he will contend with those who contend with us. So sometimes he has to get you in a fight with somebody in order to get them straightened out. See, you'll come out. You, your deliverance is already spoken. But sometimes that's how he gets in their mix and can get them straightened out by contending with some of his children that know how to put the word on the situation. Now, if I didn't know anything about the word, he wouldn't put me through that. But if you know how to take the word in with you and hold on to the word until your victory comes or the devil goes away or whatever happens, then you can you can get your victory and God can get glorified the way he wants to be glorified. You know, when I first was down there, people were saying, <laughs> she said she's a preacher. She's a reverend. One of those, one of those reverends. I was scared of myself by the time. You know what I'm talking about. What is that? By the time we got to the last day of court, oh, Reverend Williams, is there anything that says, no! Get out of my face. Couldn't do nothing for me day one. You can't do nothing for me now. Go somewhere and sit down. My God is about to. You know, and they said, well, would you, did you have anything you want to testify? I think I do. Well, no, you don't really have to if you don't. Oh, no, just let me get up here and say what the, you know, you got some questions for me? Well, when you answer my questions, I don't want you to give me that answer that you've been giving me. Same. So I looked at the judge. I said, do you understand what he's asking me to do? She said, I really don't understand. She said, but just do the best you can. She said, I think he wants to ask you something, but he's afraid of what you might say. I said, that's what I thought. Keep being scared. By the time we were done, the the lawyer that told me the first day that he was going to take my property away from me, he said, this is the way it's going to do. You know, it's profit. This is the way it's going to go. Uh, we'll go in, and the judge, well, I know this judge because I've had cases before him before. He's going to rule and tell me that he can do this and this and this and this. And, and so I would suggest to you to just get prepared for it. I said, well, 
I said, I was going to try and talk to you and see if we could work something out. I said, but why don't we go to this judge that you're talking about and see what he has to say? By the end of the trial, this guy didn't even show up anymore. (laughs) He used to come in and his hair was all well-groomed and slicked down. You can ask Mac. Mac even quit going. I told Mac, I said, look, Mac, you don't have to come down in here anymore. I know what the whole show is already. I said, why don't you just go on to work? And I'll just go down here. We'll take care of this. This guy, the last time I saw him, his hair would not even lay down on his head no more. He had a semi-straight pixie afro that wouldn't lay down. And now he's passed it on to his little assistant who was trying to tell me, well, don't give me one of those answers you always give me. I want to hear something different. No weapon. That is formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against you in judgment you will condemn. Huh? At the end of it they said, well, I don't think they really have a case here. I don't know why we've wasted. I said, I told y'all that when, when we were down here two weeks. I said, I don't see why we're wasting the court's time and money with something like this. I said, because they can't do what they're trying to do. When God gives you something... The devil can threaten, but he can't take it away from you. Huh? Unless you're crazy enough to get in the flesh with him and get scared and let him have it. Once it's given to you, it is your permanent possession. And the devil cannot take it away from you. You got me? So you stand your ground and you let God be glorified in what you do. So Naaman had some um, follow through to do on that word that was sent to heal him whatever instruction comes with your word if it's hear the word incline your ear to my sayings if that's what god gives you that's what you do and you keep doing it until you're healed you don't stop doing it because that's the word he's sending that will heal you and it'll work every single time in fact we give that it's a blanket rhema word For people who need to be healed, you know, just sit under the word. It'll heal you. It always does. Our last example is in Matthew chapter 15. It's Jesus and the Syrophoenician woman. And this is healing that comes through the ministry of the minister at the altar. When you minister for God... If you will let you be small and move yourself out of it, not try to have anything, but wait on God to give you what you need to help that person, then the words, the gifts of the Spirit will operate through you and you'll have an accurate word that that person needs. If you don't get a word of knowledge, just pray the word of God. You know, that'll work too. But oftentimes, if there's a working and a miracle that needs to be done, there's work that needs to be done, and there's instruction that needs to come from the minister to get that work done. So in Matthew Matthew chapter 15, in verse 22, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. 
And so here is the altar that, you know, if you're whenever you meet the Lord, that is the altar where ministry happens. So her faith now has to confront God's mercy and God's compassion. It has to tap into that to get her daughter healed. And he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away, for she's crying after us. Now, there's two things that are going on here that we need to be made aware of. Number one, she's telling Jesus to have mercy on her because her daughter's sick. That's like saying, God, I've got a child that's got a fever and it's too much for me to handle. I don't like the trouble that it's putting me through. To have to take care of her all the time. So that's a, an element of pride there that's not touching him. That's why he doesn't say anything to her. So the pride that she's operating in is really smothering her faith. If she's got any faith in her, she needs to bring it out and bring it out fast because he's moving on. See, when you come to God, you don't ask for things or ask for something for somebody else to make your life easier. Well, I'm going to say it again. Because see what happens is people think they're waiting on God to do something. And he's waiting on you to get your pride out of the way and show him some faith. For instance, well Lord, I want my husband saved. Why? Why? Because I'm getting sick and tired of praying for the old rascal. And I just... <laughs> I mean, I pray for my husband to get saved for years. And one day God stopped me and asked me why. And I was dumbfounded. I'm thinking, you asked me why? I thought you told me. Pray for him. See, the Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous. So I got three strikes against me. There's no righteousness there. There's no fervor there. I'm just going through the routine of asking him for the umpteenth time because I'm about sick and tired of And see, when you think of salvation, you think of coming home to a man with wings sprouting out his back. I'm here to tell you, I lived with him saved. He was saved for 10 years, and I never saw no wings sprout out his back. I never heard no heavenly language that much. See, we got to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Huh? You know what I learned after praying for him? That I was really created to worship and praise God. And that's my life. I mean, they get saved. They come to church. They do. But that don't change your bread and your butter. It don't change. You understand what I'm saying? They get saved for them and God. They don't get saved for you. They don't get saved to put you in a better mood. They don't get saved to give you a a check off your list. You can scratch his name off the salvation prayer and put a little heart there, you know. 
I love Jesus. So that's why he answered this woman not a word. What did she say? She said, have mercy on me because my life is tough. I got a daughter with devils and I'm about sick of it. If you don't do something real quick, Jesus, I'm gonna, they're going to have to call Child Protective Services on me tonight. I just, what else I'm going to do? Devil got her slobbering all over everything and acting crazy on my best china. And you, you understand what I'm saying. It's from that root that she's speaking. Other than that, if there had been faith and righteousness there, he would have stopped. She's so obnoxious that the, even the, uh, the ushers treat her bad. Huh? The disciples, you know, they do the ushering until they learn how to do something else. And so they say, oh, get her away from us, you know, she's bothering the master. Send her away. They figure Jesus treats her bad, we treat her bad too. They don't understand spiritual things. See, this isn't bad treatment that they have to follow up and be worse on. This is a response. This is how God responds to unrighteousness. Huh? The Bible says that his ear is always attentive to the righteous. He hears our cries. But if we regard iniquity in our hearts, he will not hear us. So because of the iniquity in her heart, she doesn't hear him. To top that off, she don't like him too cool either. And this gets revealed in his next saying to her. But he answered her and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Well, where did he get that from to say to her? I mean, it's true. The Bible says he came to his own, but his own received him not. Okay. So he was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but it, that wasn't exclusive. Where'd he, why'd he tell her that? Anybody got an idea? Why would he tell her? He said, I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Because she thought it. She thought it. And he's reading her thoughts back to her. Because here's a woman who thinks God is only going to heal certain people. She's not good enough. She doesn't qualify. And that's the iniquity that's blocking her faith. Huh? Or he wouldn't say that specifically to her. A word of knowledge has to fit your particular situation. It can't be some, and it can't be something that he's throwing out there to stop her from getting anything. Even though to the carnal mind, it looks like that's what's about to happen. See? He keeps going. The disciples say, send her away, send her away. He follows up. He says, I'm only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. To her. Reading her thoughts. He did that constantly. By the knowledge of the Holy Spirit, he could read the intents of their hearts. 
That's what you get when you get in front of Jesus. He knows exactly what you're thinking. He knows exactly what you're believing. And he knows that if it's a hindrance to your getting your need met, he has to move it out of the way. And that's what he's doing. The next thing he says to her, she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. She sees her chance getting away from her and she takes off the pretense. She takes off the my daughter's bugging me and, you know, I don't have any time to waste any more time with her. I'm sick of her. She stops that and she gets serious. When she sees that he reads her thoughts, she thinks he's only going to heal certain people. And she sees this is her last chance. She gets serious. That's why a lot of people don't really ever come to get healed until they're at death's door. Because up until that time, they got options. They think they got other things that they think they can do. They got other plans that they, you know, we can't come to get hands laid on us this weekend because we got a party to go to. Yeah, but you've been telling me all week you're too sick to even get out of bed. Now you got to go visit people. and have, you know, See, they, they just you haven't gotten there yet. Sometimes we think just having a small pain because we're accustomed to taking care of things when they're small. We think that that's too far to, to let something go. But it, it's amazing how far people can let it go before they'll even respond. So she drops all her pride and she worships him. And she said, help me. And he says, it's not meat or it's not a good thing to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Where did he get that from? That's what she's thinking. And she said, yes, the truth, Lord, but yet the dogs get crumbs that fall from the master's table. I believe that in her heart and in her mind and maybe in her conversation, she talked that same talk to somebody before. Well, you know, Jesus has only come to heal the Jews. He's, you know, we're, we're Syrophoenicians and we're uh, outcasts to them. They call us dogs behind our back. Yeah, honey, but I'm going to go to Jesus anyway because even a dog can get a crumb off the... And she said exactly what she had probably been telling other people all along or what she had told herself before. And Jesus knew it because he keeps working with her until she gets down to the place where she tells him exactly what she's thinking. And that's exactly where your faith is. When you get to the root of what's true on the inside of you and what you really believe about God, that's what you need to hold on to and that's what you need to say. But when she started out, she was too embarrassed to say that in front of Jesus because she thought it was too, you know, not refined enough. It's not nice enough to say. So she starts out trying to make nice and that doesn't work. He walks right past her. Then she starts to worship him, and he stops a little bit, but he's still provoking her a little bit. He's still telling her, you're not in faith yet. You're just trying something on me to see if it'll work. How many times do we do that? We try this and we try that. And well, you know, if I say this scripture, if I confess the word enough, I'll get it. If I do this enough, I'll get it. If I give a bigger offering, I'll get it. Blah, 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 blah. But when we get down to where we really believe what we really think and we express that to God. There have been times I've been in my word 
You know, with my Walkman and everything on, everything on, everything on, symptoms still the same. And then I get tired of playing around with that, and then I try winting, 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 with so much, you know, you want to wint something else. And one day I said, God, please heal me. I'm just tired of this, just tired of this. And I lay down on the bed, and I started to pray in the Holy Ghost, and I just put my tape on, and all of a sudden the healing power of God shows up. See, we can all do the formula, folks. We can all do the flash and dance. We can all pretend that we're in the word and we've heard from God and we're really working on it. We're really getting it right now. But sometimes our minds and our hearts can be so far from honesty with God about how we feel, what we're going through, all those things. And those things need to be expressed because that's really where your faith resides. It resides in your innermost being. And it'll never fail you. If that faith was ever in there, if God ever sent a word to you that lets you be confident that he will heal you, he will work with you until you can express that faith that's on that word that he sent to you. He wants his people well. He wants all of us well. And if it means getting getting with us in the the tight places and squeezing it out of us so we can be honest with God and say, God, I haven't done what I was supposed to do and I know I don't deserve anything. So, But just show me, you know, show me you love me. Show you me you want me well. Show me your word is true. Anything like that. God will come to our aid and come to our rescue because he can't deny himself. He's already promised us that we are a healed people and that we are well people. And he wants to make us even more well why don't we have some music on and we'll pray for people who need to have prayer i think some of you god is going to show you how to walk in compassion towards people and in a deep way so that you can make yourself small small smaller yet so that he can move through you he wants all the hindrances out of the way so he can work through us. You don't have to be right in order to serve God and be successful. You don't have to win an argument with anybody about whether or not healing is for now or anything like that. But you can be effective for God because he wants to send his word and heal people and deliver them from their destructions. And you're the representatives that he's chosen to send his word through you're the chosen vessel but we have to learn how to cooperate with the holy spirit so that god can have his way and we can be healed and we can be whole in every way thank you jesus praise god they bowed down praise god they worshiped him and the scripture says thank you lord if anybody needs me to pray for them, if you're sick in your body, Alicia, I know I need to pray for you. And I know you've been prayed for, but what have you been asking God recently about your your foot, ankle, whatever? He wants to do that, honey. So if you talk to him about him, ask him for what you need. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> That's okay. You can tell me if you want to, but you don't have to. But I know that, that anybody who's not 
talks to God about these things. So, so we want you, whatever you've asked them for, we want that to to come to pass for you. And whatever you ask them for today, we just thank God for it. It's going to come to pass today. We thank you for it, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. Have you ever taken that off? Okay. How's it feel when you take it off? Oh, you can leave it.